episode number 177 i'm your host aditya and along with me i have abhishek hello everyone and good morning good morning to you i hear, i can hear the birds chirping behind you sixth floor advantage you are always closer to the birds <laughs> and away from the mosquitoes as well i believe no no not really they come in the package oh do they yeah now we had one of those stories which i couldn't find later on google news which was talking about how mosquitoes are being revered in a few parts of our country in jharkhand in particular and that is because the government wasn't able to help them with getting rid of those mosquitoes so they just thought that why don't they worship them and so that they won't cause any harm to them mainly dengue cases as funny as it might sound the whole thing they're revering mosquitoes there have been 37000 dengue cases in 2012 that's 97% more than the previous year number of people dying has also increased by 60% in many places like karnataka delhi so they said in a place called chhas they have put up a mosquito statue drums mantras garlands pujaris it's a whole the whole thing if they do have an aarti for mosquito it will go viral on youtube Isn't that scary how we react to things if we can't beat it we just start worshiping it we we have built temples of our politicians as well as our film stars in the south absolutely so we've done we've done crazier things uh well let's get into the story lineup that we had planned for apparently hmm. bihar is the fastest growing state in india beating maharashtra as well as modi's gujarat so nitish kumar hmm. who is the cm of bihar and is considered to be one of the nemesis of modi in gujarat is doing pretty good for his state you bet uh, when you sent me the link i found it funny i thought it was one of those uh, faking news faking news <laughs> wala link but 21% growth it has beaten maharashtra and gujarat like you say for once to give a perspective uh, for the ones who are listening outside third most populous state mired in first rate corruption 85% of people live in rural areas and about 60% are below 25 and it is india's most densest state means you can't get many things done if there are so many people more than 1000 people per square kilometer and in 2005 the world bank said uh, let me quote them persistent poverty complex social stratification unsatisfactory infrastructure and weak governance i would never been allowed to write a line like this for the economist they let it out <laughs> but yes they they are they haven't been doing too well but recently there have been so many good things right if you remember they are coming up with a 4000 megawatt ultra mega power project in bihar the construction communication sector banking insurance and even the hotel industry they are all growing in double digits of course they don't have a strong base maybe some people might argue what is to grow from if you don't have any base but they are all growing in double digits for the past 5 years that's amazing that they are coming up with ultra and a mega project <laughs> yes or maybe i got that wrong but <laughs> but no 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 I, ultra mega power project is what i have yeah. <laughs> ultra mega power <laughs> whatever that means yes and these figures are not we just not pulling them out of our backsides but i have been published by the planning commission report on state finances only sikkim and goa 
which are much smaller in size than Bihar have performed better than Bihar. So Sikkim has recorded highest GSDP, which is, I believe, gross S kya hoga re? GDP na? Haan, yaha pe GSDP likha hai. Let's just call it a typo. The growth rate is in Sikkim is 31.6% followed gross by Goa. Gross state domestic product, not a typo. <laughs> gross go. state, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. and Goa, which is is growing at apparently 22.9%. And the worst performing states um, include Jharkhand, which recorded a 9.2% growth, followed by Puducherry. Puducherry is a union territory. So you Puducherry, Nagaland and Manipur, which are all below 11%. Gujarat, ka agar compare kiya to, it was growing at 16% and Maharashtra and Uttar Pradesh at 15.3% each. If you look at the growth percentages, they are pretty phenomenal, right? Compared to Germany, US, all the other developed countries are doing where they are growing 2 or 3%. So in spite of all these high double digit numbers of growth for each state, India is still growing at only 5% in the last quarter. We also have to point out that these numbers are for the 11th planning commission. That is in the growth between the years 2007 and 2012. My first reaction would be that the defense budget isn't being put into the state finances, correct? And defense budget is one of the largest budget. Uh, There are other government policies, social schemes like Narega and food meal plans, midday meal plans and all those sort of things, which are not coming here. And the agriculture is not taxed at all. So there you go. So those might be the reasons. But, you know, if Bihar continues to grow, the way it is right now, many of the states are going to face a severe labor crunch. One of my friends in Delhi, whose father runs, you know, a small manufacturing unit. Earlier, they used to not talk well about the Bihari workers. Now, they're facing a shortage because apparently there are ultra mega projects (laughs) coming up in Bihar. So, they're finding work a lot closer to their homes and If they are not working at home, then they are working abroad because as per the Ministry of Overseas Indian Affairs, there is a body like that. They published some data and they said that Uttar Pradesh and Bihar, they sent the largest number of workers abroad with ECR, that is Immigration Check Required Endorsement in 2011. And these are given to people who are without educational qualifications. So the same Dhobiwalas or Istriwalas who come to Mumbai, most of them are going abroad. And the foreign remittances, that is these guys repatriating income back to their states, UP and Bihar are growing the fastest and they will now overtake Kerala and Punjab in the next two years. And that's saying a lot because, you know, there is a joke about Kerala that three-fourths of Keralaites are actually in the Gulf. If they are going to be beating them, then it's a big number. Gulf, Gulf, Gulf. Meanwhile, Lal Prasad Yadav is saying, Puk ika hai, is sara hagwash hai. He isn't <laughs> happy with the report. He's saying the growth rate are only on paper and based on quote-unquote colorful data, data provided by the state government. The claim of government under Nitish Kumar rule is like a lion made of lac which would melt under the heat of truth. It would have been far more funny had it been in Hindi, had they replicated it in Hindi, but Lalu is not happy because he used to run the state for a good 15 years. We all do recall the big fodder scam. And while talking about Lalu, Lalu is also not happy about what is going on in FDI, the opposition to FDI in retail, which is the next topic for us. Um, FDI in retail finally was put up to vote in parliament and UPA who were for FDI in retail won by 253 votes in its favor to implement 
the FDI in retail against 218 votes which are cast against FDI. So FDI is basically foreign direct investments. Walmarts, Ikeas and Carrefours of the world can come and set up shop in India, investing up to 51% in multi-brand retail. Correct? Exactly. So now that this thing has been passed, uh, UPI has won. This bill will be sent to vote in the Rajya Sabha now, hmm. where BJP has the, the votes out there. So let's see what happens. There is a very interesting debate that happened in mm-hmm. parliament for once these guys actually worked. And aloos, Mac aloos, mm-hmm. you know, potatoes that mm-hmm. are used by McDonald's became hot topic, became hot potatoes. Mm-hmm. There is this one video where the entire FDI discussion ka analogy was brought down to the size of potatoes that McDonald's uses for its fries and how McDonald is importing potatoes into India just to create fries to fir Indian potatoes ka kya hoga tell me if you find this funny because I found the argument to be completely fifth standard kid could come up with a better one the Samajwadi party leader Mr. Mulaham Singh Yadav he said that Sibyl Sibyl had said something against him so he said first Sibyl Saab you did a great job with putting your points out but FDI is really bad for the country and then he turned to Sonia Gandhi and said look Mahatma Gandhi fought against Videshi and favored Swadeshi. And it is in tradition of the Gandhi dynasty that you should oppose to FDI. And there is Gandhi in your name. Give up this FDI idea. That was his argument. You can't counter argue, right? Oh, well. It's surprising that both Mayavati led Bhaujan Samaj Party, BSP and Mulayam Singh mm-hmm. Yadav, Jisni Yekkiya, they staged a walkout from Lok Sabha and did not vote on this topic at all. Mm. And, you know, when asked as to why he didn't vote, Mulayam Singh actually said that government is disregarding interests of farmers and small traders and the party has decided not to vote in protest of FDI. I don't get this idea. How are you protesting if you abstain from voting? If you're not in favor, just vote not in favor, right? So... What's the point? I think they wanted to stay neutral. That's what they did. Do you see these foreign guys come here and just set shop and start making good money for themselves? Because I think we've spoken about this previously where Tesco in China took seven years to break even. Walmart in Taiwan, it bought out a company called Trust Mart and then it started to do well. Carrefour, in fact, it it introduced what they call the wet markets in its stores in China where they started to sell live animals. Just like in Big Bazaar you have, you don't have aisles for sure doing the shopping for vegetables, it's like Sabzi Mandi. MNS, they got it terribly wrong when they launched their stores in Delhi. They said, we'll have formal shirts without pockets, just like they have worldwide. Uh, Nobody was buying them and they, they couldn't figure out why. And then they introduced pockets on the shirts. My father even looks for pockets in a t-shirt. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's move on to the next topic and talk about Ricky Ponting, Australia's um, most successful test captain has finally decided to call it a day. 37-year-old Ho Gyatha. He is the second highest run scorer in test history after Sachin Tendulkar. Mm-hmm. Played his 160th test in Perth and then called it a day after after the test match. Or is it after the series? No, after the test match at Perth, uh, 32,000 people had walked in to just watch this guy come in. He came in, played for 20 balls. Hasn't been in the grade of greatest of Knicks in the recent past, but 168 test matches equaled the record created by Steve 
war 51.85 average in test match and um, 42 in one day internationals he had taken david boone's position at number 3 when david boone retired back in the days yeah. and that's the most difficult position to play on because you never know what you will be facing whether the first over or just after lunch when the spinners come on Yeah they say the best batsman plays at that position and imagine he's played the 96 world cup in the finals won the 99 world cup and the 2003 world cup and then again the 2007 world cup as a captain that itself must be some sort some sort of a record and he made his debut when he was 20 or 21 in a country where you have to play domestic cricket until you are 28 well, 28 yeah. or 29 you know so they they won so many ashes series back to back they lost in 2005 but then led australia to a 5-0 whitewash right in 2007 and in that series he actually was a top scorer with an average of 82 runs per test in the press conference when asked why he was retiring he actually very candidly said that and i'm quoting him here i haven't been performing consistently over the last 12 to 18 months hmm. i believe now is the right time it's a decision i thought long and hard about it was based on my output and my results in this series so far i haven't been what i expected of myself and certainly not the level required of a batsman in the australian team Yep, I'm a realist. I realize that my best cricket is probably past me. Is what he said later. Meanwhile, with Sachin Tendulkar, <laughs> everyone likes to. <laughs> whenever, whenever somebody retires, you move your eyes to Sachin. And we are recording it the day after he scored a 50 after 10 innings. First 50 yes. since uh, since December 2011. And he was very scratchy. He hit and miss many times. And everyone was saying that you know that's probably because he is out of form. Because if he would have nicked it if he was in form <laughs> yes <laughs> that's what happens when you are in in good form you present the full face of the bat as gavaskar says and invariably the ball moves and you nick it but if you are not in form you your blade is always curved to third man so ball misses the middle of the bat and the edge entirely but no <laughs> that's not i saw the highlights last night he really did play well but the highlights tell you only one tenth of a story because he took the ones yeah. that he middled was they looked very yeah. handsome and today is also ambedkar jayanti by the way huh? it's 6 oh. december we should point that out yes happy ambedkar jayanti do we say that yeah we say, we yeah. say that yeah. yeah okay and there is a memorial being planned for uh, dr p r ambedkar over 12.5 acres mm-hmm. in the heart of mumbai in dadar indu mills mein 12.5 acres can you imagine okay talking about another retiree from cricket flintoff who has taken to boxing and uh, won his first ever professional heavyweight category fight which was organized in england and not everyone's happy about it did you read the reviews <laughs> yeah they said now that you've won a quit when you are at the top stop being a disgrace you just can't walk in and play a sport that requires so much practice and stamina and you just got a license because you are famous and you are 34 34 year olds don't get a license for heavyweight boxing you've got to be young and and crazy and have should have trained for that all your life one is enough there are many headlines that say that guardian was the funniest saying the former england cricketer has transformed from a likable heavyweight with no boxing skills to a likable heavyweight with newfound determination and no boxing, no boxing skills whatsoever <laughs> so and they also say that you know he just he has a busy schedule doing corporate stuff uh, then television usual sponsorship things 
So he's just not going to have enough time to train that a professional requires. And he almost got knocked out with a left hook from Richard Dawson. The media hasn't been very kind to him. One of the lines says, Flintoff's frankly grotesque eight minutes of so-called boxing against an imported non-entity from USA called Richard Dawson. Ouch. Oh boy. That hurts, right? <laughs> just, just be harsh on Flintoff. Why get Richard Dawson in? It's it's his birthday today, Flintoff. He turned oh, really? 35. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Incidentally. Have you ever done contact sport, Abhishek? Running contact. There was a sport in in, in fourth standard that I used to play. What what is it? You just run? have to run and tag the other player, and then the guy who has got to catch you <laughs> will tag <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't count. No, I played volleyball. If that isn't isn't volleyball, no. uh, uh, no, it's not a contact sport. It's contact a ball sport. sport. So what's a contact sport, man? Contact sport is somewhere where the other guy wins if he beats you up. I was part of a karate group for about four and a half months when I was in third standard. Did you have sparring matches? I quit on the day they started that. <laughs> <laughs> My stomach got upset. <laughs> That's exactly the reason I'm going to use for bunking office today. But <laughs> that decision I'll have to make in the six minutes from now. Let's move on, my dear friend. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Uh, what do we have next? So, by the way, Kabaddi World Cup is also happening in India. There is not a lot to talk about it, but I just wanted to inform people, our listeners, that there is something like that happening in Punjab. 23 teams are participating, 16 men and 7 women team from over six continents last time if you recall there was a big lafada in the kabaddi world cup when many teams got banned for doping the entire u.s team was uh, banned and let's see what happens now because we are only into the fifth day i believe. take lessons from lance mr lance armstrong exactly anyway so so let's go on to the next um, and the final topic that we have for this particular episode which is all happy and um, it's not happy but it's cool about a robot that kills weeds, which leads to a higher agricultural productivity. And this is obviously not happening in India. It's a product of a company called Blue River Technology. It's a startup set up by two Stanford alums. And it is looking to disrupt the herbicide industry by using sophisticated object recognition through AI instead of broad scale herbicide spraying potentially reducing its use by as much as 250 million pounds of chemical in the US annually, which is why I think this company is not going to make it. Why do you think so? Because it's just trying to disrupt a hugely profitable industry. So the global herbicide market is worth 20 billion. Mm -hmm. And what these guys are trying to do is going to grossly reduce the chemicals required or the herbicides required on a farm. But what they're doing is uh, will definitely benefit the organic farming industry where you cannot use herbicides and pesticides. People have to do the backbreaking work of picking weeds out manually. In organic farming, the laborers are paid per acre and not per hour. So there is little incentive for them to do their jobs right. And there what happens is their robot, it clicks snaps of the passing plants below it and uh, it compares them with the million images that the founders have clicked before in different sunlight environments and the moment it recognizes that it's a weed there is a little nozzle from behind it squirts the weed with a concentrated dose of fertilizer not pesticides in reality the farmers place fertilizers about six to ten centimeters away from the plant 
Why? Because if you place it too close, the plant will die. So here they mm. do two things at the same time. They kill the weed by injecting it with a deadly dose of this cocktail of fertilizers. And then as a collateral benefit, the plant also gets benefited. And there is another thing. The lettuce needs needs thinning. So there is a process called thinning in, in lettuce where if the lettuce plants grow too close to each other, then they, they end up eating too much nutrients from each other and both die. And even this has to be done manually. There is no herbicide that can help you. The robot knows if two plants are growing too close to each other and then it whacks one of them out. Oh, wow. Yep. And they're doing it at pretty well, 98% accuracy. And the thing is going at two kilometers per hour. And they're hoping to get a prototype out, which which goes at about five kilometers. Three million dollars from Kusla Ventures. And Kusla is a big fan of biofuels and alternative technology and all of that. So the herbicide, ka jo hai, I think it's just a good thing to have for for articles to write. But I'm, I'm sure that they're, they're going beyond that. Yeah, and, and absolutely. Don't get me wrong. I, you know, the technology that they are using is is amazing. I mean, it actually works. And if you go to the link that we'll put up on website, it actually shows you how it identifies the weed and how it does pattern recognition and all those sort of things of comparing whether that weed is actually a weed or is it part of a lettuce. So it's it's almost like a Google image search that it does internally and then sprays that thing out. So it's pretty amazing. Uh, you know, it's cool technology to be investing it. If I had the money, I would put my money in. <laughs> yes. And they're going to come up with uh, the same thing without the fertilizer. They said we can get the weeds out using a rotating knife also. Oh. So we could we could do that. And incidentally, when they had devised their main product, right? So it wasn't for the farmers. They went to the lawnmower saying that we've got an auto automated lawnmower. Would you want it? Uh, apartments who have gardens, they said, no, 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 we we borrow our lawnmower from our neighbors. And then they went to football fields and said, would you want this? A lawnmower which can shape your grounds and golf courses and all of that. They said, no, 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 we have experts. Then they went to parks. In the parks, uh, you you have legal issues. You cannot have automated things running about in the parks because there are kids playing. And then one farmer said, look, man, I've got this weed problem. Can you help me out? I said, ah, let's see if we can tweak our product. And what would have been an automated lawnmower became this. Awesome. Yeah. So those were the topics that we had uh, for our episode number 177. Just like we announced in our, in our last episode, please go do check out klinehimalaya.com. They are this awesome adventure um, company, adventure sports company in India. They take you on ski trips for all sorts of levels from beginners to experts. They teach you how to do it or just have guides to accompany you and ensure that you can safely enjoy the sport up in Gulmarg. They also take you for fly fishing, etc. during summer season and treks in and around Kashmir all over. Do check them out, klinehimalaya.com. I believe they are offering us some discount, Abhishek. Is yes, that, 10% that... for people who are in groups of four or more. There you go. So it costs around 35,000 rupees for six or seven days. Uh, a 10% discount on that for all our Indicast listeners. Do go there in a group and, you know, you will really enjoy it. I went there and I'm going back this year too. Oh, awesome. I'll use the discount if no one does. If you have any questions about that, write, write to me at uh, aditya at com, and I can give you some more information about what my experience was like. If you have any feedback on what we have spoken about here, please log on to com. Uh, you can leave a comment there. 
join our Facebook group. Just I look for Indicast uh, out there and you shall get one. Follow us on Twitter. You can write an email to us if you wish at Indicast at the Indicast.com. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.